Hi, this is John Beatty, and you're listening to Crusader Chronicles. Read them all. Good job, John. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Jerry. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 28, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 172 and Star Wars number 3 from June 1977. Welcome to the 28th episode of Crusader Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in a digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issue or issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading from my collection and to have some fun along the way talking about the comics with my friends. Speaking about my friends. I wanted to sing a TLC song there. What if I'm your friends? They won't let you down. I'm letting you down. I don't have a freaking clue what the hell you're talking about. You don't know TLC? I know TLC, but not the Pat version. (laughs) I need you to creep and keep that shit on the down low. Uh, He's doing it on purpose this time. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking about keeping it on the down low, let's check in with Jarrett Albrick, the yard sale artist. A prescription for danger, aka death probe. Pat, I've just gotten back from chasing waterfalls. Oh, you shouldn't be chasing those. Hey, Pat, uh, hey. I just got back from the half pipe. I was doing ollies and rail slides <laughs> with my sweet new trucks and Ooh. wheels and bearings. Uh, I got a sweet new board. The grip tape is looking tight. Ooh, and I grew out my afro. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's all in honor of tonight's Spidey comic. But you know what? It, it doesn't matter what I've been up to. Let's find out what Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht has been up to. Mariona sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. <laughs> Who's sitting in a tree? I missed it. Love. Say that again. Marlon Jonah. Jonah oh, I, I can't, it came in late for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the killer spider robot. And, uh, <laughs> Weird carriage. I don't know. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Love is in the air. Love is in love the air. <laughs> anyway, I'm great. Glad to be here. Well, speaking about love in the air, let's see how Delvin <laughs> the Dark Web Williams is doing. The sweet segue. I'm doing pretty good. I went to jujitsu tonight and I just wasn't getting it. Like we're trying this move and I didn't get it. And, and so, you know, my instructor, Steve was like, here, put this helmet on. <laughs> and then I got it. But you couldn't see. I couldn't see, but I, I but it was, like I, but I, it was like I saw it. Well, you see, Delvin, it surrounds you. It moves you. Hmm. It binds you. It binds you. Yeah. Spanks you a little bit when you're nodding. I'm so, mm-hmm. ooh. <laughs> I think that only happens on the dark side. All the fun uh, stuff. So well, it's the dark web. web. <laughs> it is. Okay, religions and all that. <laughs> Ain't, ain't any good for a good judo chop. Yeah. Mm, all right. Something okay. to look forward to, I see. For Pets Pull List, I got nothing. 
<laughs> Nothing this week for the poll list. Uh, so the only books you have in your collection, your chronological collection for June of 77 are indeed Star Wars 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 172. Correct. Okay. Now, before we get started with this episode's issues, let's go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break and we will be right back. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. We'd like to recommend these other great podcasts on the Fandom Podcast Network. It starts with our flagship show, Culture Clash, our weekly pop culture podcast with the latest news, reviews, and other fun topics in pop culture. For you Highlander fans, we've got Bloody Kings, a Highlander podcast where we cover all things Highlander. Couch Potato Theater is for you movie buffs, our podcast celebrating the cult classics and fan favorite movies we don't get off the couch for. Time Warp, a look back on our classic and nostalgic fandoms that we still celebrate today. We also have End Zone for you NFL fans, our podcast talking about all things current in the NFL and giving our best mediocre fantasy football advice. Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast with host Tom, Brandon, and Chris discussing the master of suspense, Alfred Hitchcock. And for you Star Trek Discovery and Orville fans, we have Discoville talking about everything Discovery and the Orville. And for you hard rock music fans, we have the Hair Metal Podcast. The Hair Metal Podcast rediscovers the nostalgia of the 1980s hair metal bands. And we also have Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast, where we discuss all things Doctor Who, both past and present. And our newest podcast, Lethal Mullet, our podcast celebrating action movies from the 1980s with your host, Adam P. O'Brien. You can find these great shows on the Fandom Podcast Network Master Feed at fpnet.podbean.com. The Fandom Podcast Network is on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, and now on Spotify. On Facebook, you can find us at Fandom Podcast Network, on Instagram, Fandom Podcast Network, and also on Twitter at FanPod Network. You can also email us directly at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the Fandom Podcast Network. And remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom. Welcome back from the break. Now let's go ahead with the first featured comic for this episode. And that's Amazing Spider-Man number 172. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher is Marvel. Cover date of September 1977. But it's got an on-sale date of June 7th, 1977. Cover price is 30 cents, but there's a variant out there. Guess what the price is? 35 35 cents? Yes. You guys are spot on. It's like you're reading from my script. Oh, wait. We have the editor and writer is Len Wein. Penciler, Ross, Andrew, Inker, Frank, Giacoa. What? What? Espadito! (laughs) Donde esta Espadito? This issue's bullshit. (laughs) That's it. We're done. (laughs) Shut down the show. It's not. It's over with now for us. Frank. Oh, I don't know what to like, do with myself. It's terrible. I like to imagine I Frank like listen to all our episodes and all the Espaditos. He's like, it's my time to shine. <laughs> We're like, screw you. <laughs> it's my turn now. I did that cool Spider-Man one. <laughs> I, what are they going to say for my name? <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't read. Oh, uh, why no Mike Esposito? Why? Why no Mike Esposito? I, I don't know. I, why? I'm, I'm wondering that. Frank Giacoa did some covers. I remember that. So yeah. maybe he took a vacation. Yeah, maybe he was. Maybe he's doing something. Did he know that he's not allowed to take a vacation? <laughs> It's ruining our show. We have a podcast. Maybe he's inking Cockrum's work on John Carter, Warlord of Mars. <laughs> Letterer is John Costanza. Well, we still have our Color Me Bad colorist of Glennis Ween. So if you want to follow along with us, you can either with the original comic book. Otherwise, you can find this issue in the Essential Spider-Man Volume 8 trade paperback, or you can read along with us on Marvel Unlimited. And we hope that you do. Let's go ahead and take a look at the cover. Credits go to penciler Ross Andrew and anchor is Frank. <laughs> no, just, we love you, Frank, too. We love you, Frank. You did a great job, Frank. You know, Mike. <laughs> Not letting it go, I'm petty. Yeah, let it go, Dylan. Let it go. Let it go. I keep holding on. <laughs> hold it. Hold it. <laughs> keep going. We're, we're just. <laughs> Let's try it again. Oh, I think they keep going to me. No, no. Wait for all my time. The show, the show. Oh man, this is good. Uh, I'm gonna edit this down to like a nine-minute show. Let's go ahead and get a quick cover description from Jared. Thank you, Pat. I originally was going to do a whole bit about Jim Kelly, Pam Greer, Soul Glow Afro Pick references throughout this, but Delvin said, bad idea. (laughs) So... But here we go. The classic Marvel comic group banner is in black letters on a yellow background while Spidey is still standing in his usual corner box. Yellow background this time. We still have the classic Amazing Spider-Man logo stuck to those awesome webs, red letters, black highlights. The main action of the cover presents us with Rocket Racer. He skateboards on the side of a building while shooting a blast over his shoulder at a pursuing Spider-Man. Your friendly neighborhood exposition Spider-Man shouts, bombs from his fingertips bursting all around me, and Rocket Racer retorts, face it, web head you ain't got a chance against the rocket racer zoom zoom you don't do sound effects <laughs> don't the sound effects zoom zoom yeah, that was awesome <laughs> uh, <laughs> A mysterious silhouette with a cover blurb at the bottom tantalizes us with, but even if Spidey can defeat the skateboarding psychopath, he still must face a fiend from the fire. I was going to do a skateboarding pun thing through this whole description, but I couldn't make them fit. So here are the joke pieces, all these trucks bearings, wheels, some assembly required. Delvin, rocket skateboard sound effect, go! Zoom, zoom. <laughs> Outstanding. Good job, Jonesy. <laughs> Give the people what they want. Woo! Essence. Oh, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Shout out, Essence. (laughs) Yes, I was saying that's the idea of just the essence of. Oh, okay. (laughs) Not like Essence magazine. I thought you were like just like like it was like like it was an advertisement. (laughs) I can't. I can't do it. I said you couldn't do it. (laughs) Ebony and Jet. (laughs) Source Awards. (laughs) Family Circle. What are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! We're talking magazines. No, we're talking black. Ma- oh. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get through some quick cover thoughts on this. And we'll start off with Jason. Well, I thought the cover was high energy. The rocket racer in the foreground when I was a kid, I thought rocket racer was really cool. I also got beat up a lot. That, like, 
explain it. So, in all honesty, Rocket Racer looks pretty goofy in the foreground. I do like this swinging Spidey in the background. That looks pretty cool with the explosions behind him. Overall, I thought it was a good use of the cityscape and how they tilted it at mm-hmm. an angle, and it kind of gives the viewer a nice perspective and a feeling of movement. And I thought that the silhouette at the bottom was a nice touch. It kind of hints to an additional mystery inside. So that's what I got. What did you think, Delvin? It's actually a very fun cover. Like you, a lot of times we get down on the cover because, you know, of the villain who might be weak. And I mean, Rocket Racer as a villain probably is about as weak as they come. But seriously, if you look at the costume, it's not a bad costume. And it kind of pops with the cover. And it showed some dynamic action with Rocket Racer as well. So I like the cover. It absolutely did its job. And I'm like halfway low-key debating, like, would I put this up on my wall? Maybe. Maybe oh, okay. I'm just wondering why Rocket Racer is safety conscious when it comes to his knees, but not his elbows or his head. That will be discussed in the synopsis. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Let's move on to Jared. Jared, what do you think about the cover? You uh, hit it exactly the way that I would, my friend. I think it's really colorful. Rocket Racer's costume is cool. Jason mentioned the tilted skyline. I'm adding nothing new here. Mm-hmm. It's a really good drawing, and it's really dynamic, and it's really colorful, and if you'll hold just one second, I want to check on something. Yes, as I suspected, this is the first appearance of Rocket Racer. Oh. It- in all of Marveldom. And I'm going to admit something to you guys. I kind of have a little bit of a soft spot for Rocket Racer. It's kind of in the same vein as Stegron. He's a little wacky and I kind of like my villains. Even though Rocket Racer kind of has a hard goal. I like him just a little bit wacky. And Pat, I know you're with me on this. We were kind of skateboarders when we were younger. Oh, so, you know, yep. you know I, I look at that, man, I wish I could skate down the side of a building, you know? So <laughs> it appeals to that old school skater in me. But that's all I'll say on that. And I will pass it to Pat. Yeah, you know, I agree too. I love the colors on this. They really make everything pop out. I like the intrigue that's going on with the shadowy figure and the fiend from the fire. So that's interesting to me. I want to find out what's going on. And Rocket Racer, I have never heard of him. So it sounds like you guys are telling me. And my question was, how long does he stay around? Is there more to come? Still around, I think. Hmm, interesting. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a few more issues or so down the road or mm-hmm. he'll be back. Okay. Yep. Rocket Racer will definitely be back. All right. Well, I'm kind of interested. It, you know, I think they're playing at the time, you know, that's an old skateboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Old that's style. Old style skateboard there, but. Very yeah. 70s. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get to some quick cover ratings. So our rating system is a one through five. Five, it tickled your tummy feathers. You loved it. Four, you really liked it. Three, you just liked it. Two, you didn't like it at all. And one, it falcon sucked. That means you hated it. Let's Let's find out which number you're going to give it, Jared. Gerard is going to give us one of four. I really like this cover. I think it looks good. What do you say, Pat? You know, I'm going to give it a four, too. I think it's a fun cover. From the ones we've had lately, I think this is a good fun one. Jason, what about you? You know, I was set to give this one a three, but I'll admit I read it in the Essential Amazing Spider-Man Volume 8, so I didn't get the appreciation of the color effects. I think between the color effects and that cool tilted skyline angle, I'm going to bump mine up to a four as well. Bring us home. Delvin? I will. We got fours all around on this one. I, I'm going to bump mine up to a four. I was thinking three originally, but I do like it. And I would consider putting this on my wall if I had like, you know, a fat hat poster or whatever to plaster up on the wall or something of this cover. That'd be a cool one to have. Do you think you like it more because of reading it already? Well, I think there's a combination of like for me, the black character, you know, soft spot. There's also again, the colors, the colors pop. It was just cool. Vintage. It is 42 
years old. So that's cool as well. That right there, that's three cool elements that would make me consider putting it up on the wall. And it's Spidey. So Spidey can go up on my wall anytime. So that's four. Very cool. And speaking about Spidey going up on your wall, why don't we go ahead and get a short synopsis from Delvin? And do. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. of this issue is called The Fiend from the Fire. The feature villain of this comic turned out to be a somewhat, but not really, shocking foe of Mark Raxton, the Molten Man. As a warm-up act, however, Spidey faced off against apparently as great of a menace as he's ever faced in Rocket Racer. No, really, that's what Lynn said. <laughs> I didn't make that up. Also, here's some random hairdos interspersed throughout the summary. We jump right into the action with Rocket Racer having one of the worst haircuts a black man has ever encountered. Is that an afro? Does his hairline start in the middle of his head? The mind boggles. <laughs> After a city chase, Spidey snatches the wig skateboard out from under Rocket Racer, leaving a helmetless foe crashing into the building. Spidey webs up his somehow not dead foe. Meanwhile, Liz Allen and Harry Osborne are getting hot like a perm in their car. Liz goes to her apartment alone and a stranger compels her for help. Harry takes Peter to a diner nearby Liz's place and asks Pete, will he be his best man at the upcoming wedding? Oh yeah, hairdos. Harry's whole cornrow grill cream thing. Am I right? <laughs> It's always good. So yeah, both Harry and Pete notice Liz taking off and somehow completely ignoring them both. Harry is distressed and that could affect his recent sight breakthroughs. Pete goes to the Daily Bugle and two things to note, Jonah and Marla Madison seem to be getting cozy. Liz Allen calls Pete to say she's in jail? What a blowout. Yes, that's a hairdo. <laughs> Pete tells out Liz, and as Spidey follows the clues, tracks down Molten Man attempting to steal chemicals from a hospital. After a heated battle, comedic pause, Molten Man dumps apparently the heaviest table known to man on Spidey. Spidey struggles to get up, only to have the cops burst in and frame Spidey for the whole dang thing, leaving his bun in the jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> Back to you, Pat. I really enjoyed those hairstyle. Well, they, they were good at the beginning, but they tapered <laughs> off at the end. They kind of split at you. Yeah, I was going to say, I needed a trim there. 
Uh, I was waiting for you to get some steps in there. You know, I used to have a steps. Did you? I don't know what that is. You don't know what steps are? I, I, don't. Like, I don't. You lost me. On the side, they would do like a, a layering of your hair and it looked like steps. No, but man. Maybe it's just no, a, I believe you get your ass kicked for something like that. <laughs> you you got to remember, though, Jared and Jason come from a, yeah, a military family with a military pop pop. Yeah, he would have stepped all over my face <laughs> back or something like that. I'll tell you what, though, Pat, I'll mull it over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you better watch it. I'm going to hit you with my rat tail. <laughs> I, I think maybe we better fade back into the oh, story. I created this monster. I did. <laughs> you did. This is your fault. It is. It was yeah. sheer brilliance. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, let's go ahead and get to the Bricker Brack sponsored by Ogilvy Home Perm. <laughs> <laughs> So, is it going to be a first read or a reread? Jason? This is a first read for me, Pat. Absolutely. What about you, Pat? This is a first read for me, Delvin. It's a first read for me, Jared. It's a flow B for me. I mean, a first read for me. (laughs) (laughs) It was the haircut machine that you Uh put. Anyway, butterflies in the sky. I'm reading the rainbow. Got my reason, though. <laughs> man, we had the first appearance of the Rocket Racer, man. Yay. Yes. I like I like the Rocket <laughs> Racer. I do. But I guess he's a Stegron kind of guy, I guess. You know what? For what it's worth, I don't dislike him. It's just that it's kind of a horribly lame shtick. Like, yeah. I you know. know, like, because dude on a super fast skateboard, like, yep, Spy can catch that. And yep, it's just a dude. Just a dude. <laughs> <of> a skateboard. <laughs> I, he I, was giving Spidey all he could handle there for a minute. Because Lynn wrote it that way. You yeah. know how. Come on. Okay. And here's how I mean that. Of course, Lynn, blah, 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 me, crap, blah, blah, blah. But think of if you watch any wrestling storyline. And basically, if they want a weaker wrestler to like look stronger, then they can start having that weaker wrestler get wins. You know, in a way that kind of happens in comic books. Think about it. Yeah. Luke Cage was kind of an afterthought for a while. Then all of a sudden, he kind of looked like a big, you know, badass when he beat Green Goblin's butt. Like he literally snatched Norman Osborn, Green Goblin, out the sky and beat his butt they're not gonna let a nobody do that but say in the mid 80s would cage have ever done that no so i mean that's kind of what lynn was doing with his creation of the rocket racer here you know kind of made him a formidable foe for spotty sort of yeah zoom that's zoom. a fair point zoom zoom <laughs> that was a pretty good noise you did jason <laughs> <laughs> thank you i'm happiest in the zoom zoom <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's get to some highs and lows or what does. Let's go ahead and start with Jared. All right, I'm going to give it up a high. I'm going to give up the high for the first appearance of Rocket Racer. I like Rocket Racer. Like I said earlier, it kind of falls in the Stegron category for me. He's just wacky enough to be lovable. I like his bright costume and he's fun to watch. I mean, you got to imagine from the artist's point of view too, it's going to be kind of fun to draw. You know, this guy speeding across these high-rise buildings and stuff. It just looks good and it's fun to watch. I know he's kind of a Morton kind of silly, but you know what? He's got a place in my heart, so I'm giving a high to Rocket Racer. What say you, Delvin? I'm going to give a high to just the issue overall. It was a pretty fun issue, and you had Lynn dropping another one of his creations in with Rocket Racer, and it's 
slowly seeming to get to some serious storyline here because you kind of have a, I give him a B-level Spidey foe in Molten Man. Molten Man's always been a tough out for Spidey and a lot of interplay throughout, you know, Joan and everything. The issue overall, I'll just give it high marks. That'll be my high. What do you think, Jason? First, I'm going to ask a question. Am I correct in assuming from the story that Molten Man is the brother or stepbrother of Liz? Is that mm-hmm. correct? correct? Yeah. Okay. yeah, I was wondering that too. I'm like, where Step-brother. is it coming from? Stepbrother. Okay. okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, um, and he's a bad stepbrother. I mean, he puts his b- all over her drum set. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it with my own eyes. No, I'm not talking about. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do a what the moment here. So the scene where Molten Man drops the big table or shelf or whatever that was on Spider-Man. Spider-Man literally has time to say, my spider sense tingling, trying to warn me. The Molten Man, he's behind me. <laughs> He could have just took a step to the left and avoided the whole thing. I hate it when they do that in the comics. Just Junior, uh, uh, Spidey alone. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a Coral Junior moment. That's correct. That's my what the moment. What do you think? So I guess I, it's back to bat. I need to interrupt for a second to point out that it was Coral Senior. I got to be a Bond Ooh, fan for a Ricky minute. I, hello, rookie. Damn it, Jason, make me the joke. Jason, make me the joke. Damn it. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> oh, nice. Hello, Ricky AJ. <laughs> you still do it the best, Pat. Yeah, Pat's still got the quality. Anyway, back to you, no, Pat. I think I have a high on this one as well. It's going to be, just like Delvin said, this story is going somewhere with me. Len did a very good job of lacing the whole story through. You have that short beginning with the rocket racer, and then you have the little intrigue of what's going on with Harry and, and Liz, and then, you know, the big question that Harry asked Peter on. I like that as well. And then the whole other story with the Molten Man. I've never met the molten man before though this is my first time he does anything a molten man can Mm -hmm. burns up things just like fire (laughs) (laughs) yeah i kind of feel like the x-men story we've been following kind of broke down Uh and the spider-man ubers kind of drawn up and said hey climb aboard and yeah i'm interested in the story yeah yeah glenn's done a great job of keeping me hooked again on this one so i'm uh, really interested on what's going to happen in the next issue so let's go ahead and get another round in jason high low or what the i'm going to end this one on a high pat touched on it a little bit i enjoyed the relationship between peter and harry that's something i've never really appreciated before but to see how close and concerned peter is with harry and how much he really wants this relationship to work out and how worried he is about Harry possibly backsliding and his psychological treatment. I really appreciated that. I thought it added another nice dimension to this story. What do you think, Jared? I'm going to end this uh, the series of 10 lows. <laughs> you want to know what my lows are? I'm going to tell you. My lows okay. are Sam Hayes and Rob Duda, Al Schroeder III, Loretta King, Timmy Smith, Doug Craig, Janice hey. Henry, David Elliott, Sridhar Prayaga, and Lou Fetters. You all get a low because you all wrote into the letters page and said how much you loved Will of the Wisp and wanted to come back. You suck. (laughs) Oh, by the way, whoever the assistant editor was, because they usually take care of the letters page, you're not fooling anyone. I'm pretty sure you wrote all those. Will of the Wisp sucks. The ten of you suck. The assistant editor sucks. (laughs) And on that note, Delvin... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I gotta give Jared a high for his pettiness 
<laughs> about that liking Will of the Wisp. That was literally a level 10 pettiness. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually kind of looking forward to like one of those names like Doug Craig hitting me up on Twitter. He's like, I listened to your cast. Screw you from 40 years ago. <laughs> and I'd be like, good job. That's pettiness stuff. I like that. <laughs> it took me two weeks to get allowance, to get a stamp, <laughs> to mail that to New York. I live in Wisconsin. Anyway, I have a low, and the low was two kind of weird things that Pete said in his conversation with Harry. You know, he comes into the diner, and he's giving Harry crap for the diner choices, and he, you know, was like, looks like the mice in this place have indigestion. Can't we go <laughs> find McDonald's instead? And it's kind of like, oh, you know, you're rolling like that, huh, Pete? We've oh. seen your apartment. <laughs> he thinks he fancy. <laughs> you, you have eight toasters, Pete. Four of them don't work, Pete. But you, you have a dead problem. body in your damn closet. <laughs> <laughs> but you got a problem with diners now, son, huh? <laughs> okay. And in one other thing, I mean, and it's along the same note, Harry's like, I have something important to ask you. And Pete's like, okay, I'm all ears. How much do you want to borrow? Hopefully that was a joke. Yeah, I thought that was a little... uh, Because, yeah, yeah, because I'm assuming that Harry probably still has dad's money a little bit, maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll just say that one's a joke. It was still weird, weird, though. I was like, I I, I raised an eyebrow, too. Like, dude, you all the time bumming money off of Harry. (laughs) Yeah, like, hand-me-down apartment, you don't really have a job. So, yeah. Pete's so fancy. (laughs) (laughs) You you ain't got no job. (laughs) Why you busting Harry's balls? <laughs> Tell him, Mary Jane. Harry, more man than you'll ever. <laughs> <laughs> Those cornrows on point. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat, I think you left, man. You got one more. I was really, really caught off guard the way Jonah was acting when Marla came into the room. It looks like love is in the air. Yeah. Guess so, man. There's somebody for everybody. Yeah. Maybe he liked the way that she shut him down. Maybe he likes the way that a molecular biologist can somehow put together a robot. Mm, that's a turn on. Right? Get you a woman who can do both. Get you a woman who flirts with you like Gloria does Peter, man. Why was she going to say Gloria? I was going to say Gloria, too. Mm. Is this the first time mm. that No, she's remember Glory came to the apartment? Yeah, but when did she take on the job of Betty Brant? Yeah. I don't Betty remember. And, Betty and Ned might still be on their honeymoon. We haven't seen them since they left. Okay. Yep, and they went through a whole thing where Jonah was going through yeah. a whole bunch of secretaries. So maybe it happened in Spec Spidey. Hmm, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, interesting. Maybe. I'm like, well, when did Gloria get that job? Good hmm. observation. I have some problems with Peter's judgment because... <laughs> Well, y'all know what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you would do, Jared. Mm. No. There's a janitor's closet somewhere in that building. <laughs> At least one without a body in it. <laughs> well, sometimes you want that body around. You know? uh, well, speaking of finding a body in a closet, let's go ahead and find our silly Spidey moments here. Jason, what's your silly Spidey moment? There were several in here I could choose from, but I like the repartee between Peter and J. Jonah Jameson. And Peter actually pops off to him a little bit when J. Jonah Jameson's complaining. And Peter says, should I sit down or get out my violin? (laughs) I I was like, good for you, Peter. Stick it to the man. Jared. I'm going to go on the exact same page. I always love Skinflint Jameson. And he says, if we can beat the globe to the stands with these, there'll be a bonus in it for you. Maybe even a little cash. 
Like, okay, what the hell was the bonus? I know, what was the bonus? <laughs> <laughs> I might even give you some money. This I might, time. I might actually pay you. You know, I was like, what? Wait, what the? All right, so, I don't know. That kind of made me laugh. But like you said, that whole scene is really great. What do you think, Delvin? So I couldn't help it. I had to poke fun and lend a little bit, but because it was genuinely funny, where Spidey is like, don't know where he developed the know-how to outfit himself like that, but this skateboarding sure shot may just be as great of a menace as any as I've ever faced before. <laughs> <laughs> you have a villain who literally pushed your girlfriend off of a bridge and broke her neck with the rocket racer. Yeah, him. He's the one. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Lynn's not fooling anyone with that <laughs> yeah. statement there. That was a massive. Green one. Goblin, Rhino, Craven, Doc Ock, and Rocket Racer. Rocket Racer. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, what do you got? Well, I don't think I got anyone as funny as you guys do, but I'm just going to go with when he calls Jonah the big enchilada. Did a little laugh on that one. <laughs> Makes me want a chewy Cristado. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In light of uh, Mike Espadito, we're going to call it the big enchilada. Yeah. Big enchilada. There was a few funny lines in this one. I was chuckling. This one got me cracking up. Yeah, I think it was it was a good mix of different stuff. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get into our ratings for this issue. Just a reminder, the rating is a one through five. Five, it means it tickled your tummy feathers. You loved it. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it at all. And one, it all can suck. So let's go ahead and find out how it fared for Delvin. So I'm going to give it a three if we had halfsies, which we do not. Mm-mm. So it, it stays at a three. I did like it, though, and uh, I found the book a quick read and a fun one. Pat? In the middle with you there, too, Delvin, but I'm going to give it a three. I liked it, Jert. Somebody on our network gets halfsies, but I'm not going to say any more than that. But I give this book a three as well. I liked it plenty good, except it was a little scatterbrained. It was like half Rocket Racer and then half Molten Man. I'm like, eh, I like it better when they commit to like one through villain. It felt just a little unbalanced. And Delvin alluded to this earlier. The Molten Man wasn't a surprise, which is weird because last issue he kind of was. I'm like, who's this cat that's interested in Harry and Liz? And then the minute I saw the cover about the fiery fiend or whatever, and I was like, oh, it's Molten Man. <laughs> Got it. If I was maybe reading it back in the day, maybe I wouldn't have known it was Molten Man. I would have liked it better. But anyway, long story short, I'm giving it a three. I liked it. Jason. I think it's going to be threes all around. I landed right where you guys are. It's climbing its way to a four. I think there might be some fours around the corner. It started off some good storylines, it seems like, but just not quite enough for me to hit a four this time. It wasn't a really filler issue at all. I didn't feel like it. No, it was kind of a seed planter. It's yeah. like it's starting to we're starting to see things starting to bloom i guess maybe it's mm-hmm. it's just after the seeds have been planted and we're starting to see it bloom i was a little surprised that they put rocket racer on the cover i mean since he had kind of a little to do with the actual story but yeah whatever it was a good cover good story i liked it it kind of felt like they were sort of almost timidly introducing the character like eh, rocket racer maybe, <laughs> That's right. maybe you guys yeah, like it yeah i'm sure they had to do it to hide the molten man it looks yeah. like they had an idea that they just weren't ready to reveal yet for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Quick, Lynn, you have somebody? Take up half this book or a few pages? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I got this dude I've been working on. He's got this crazy fro. Oh, good. Put him there. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> crazy fro? <laughs> 
Crazy Fro. It's Crazy Fro. Crazy Fro. <laughs> we just yeah. created a new character. Let's work on that name, dude. Yeah. Well, I think with that, that's going to bring us to an end of this part of the show. You got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter or Facebook page. We will be right back. Hi, I'm Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist, and I'm also the art director over at White Rocket Books. Quick question. What do you get when you take a fast-paced Alistair McLean novel, put it in a blender with a Star Trek DVD, and some G.I. Joe figures? I'm pretty sure you get award-winning sci-fi novelist Van Allen Plexico's first foray into the world of comics, a new comic miniseries based on Plexico's novella, Cold Lightning. Cold Lightning is a small part of Plexico's expansive space opera series of novels called The Shattering. Now, real quick, I want to give a quick heartfelt thank you to all the folks who helped us reach our crowdfunding goal over on GoFundMe. We are so excited to get this comic series underway. Now, depending on when you hear this ad, we're either still working away on this space adventure or it may be available already. The best way to find out is to head over to whiterocketbooks.com and see what the latest is. While you're there, you can look into all the novels of the Shattering series or Plexico's very popular Sentinels novel series. There's plenty to see, so come check us out. Once again, that's whiterocketbooks.com. Welcome back from the break. Now let's go ahead and get to the second featured comic for this episode. It's Star Wars number three. <laughs> Fired up, boys. <laughs> Star Wars again. That's going to life. The credits for this are again provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Got a publisher of Marvel. Cover date of September 1977, but its on-sale date was June 7th, 1977. Cover price is 30 cents, but guess what again? There's a variant out there. Could it maybe be 35 cents? Maybe. <laughs> editor and writer is Roy Thomas. Wow, we got a double feature, a editor and writer. Mm-hmm. Just like ben Wing going on here. Penciler is Howard Victor Chaikin. <laughs> Sorry, I just really like that song. <laughs> That guy was <laughs> Inkler and colorist is Steve Leoloa. Letter is Tom Orzakowski. Not bad. Did I get it right? I go Orzakowski. Orzakowski. But it might have the CH sound. I don't know that for sure. Yeah. Whatever. You good? You good. Well, you can follow along with us. Marvel Special Edition Star Wars featured number one. Whoop, whoop. The special edition featuring Star Wars number three. Got that one too. The Marvel movie showcase featuring Star Wars one. I wish I had that. That'd be cool to have. That was from 82, I think. Oh, yeah. You have the classic Star Wars A New Hope number one from 1994. You can also get it on the Omnibus and you can follow along with us on Marvel Unlimited. Cover credits go to penciler Dave Cockrum and inker is Tom Palmer. Hmm. So he was working on this instead of doing that X-Men issue. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go ahead and find out what the cover looks like with some cover descriptions by Jared. The Marvel banner, much like the Spider-Man banner this month, is black letters on yellow background. Mulleted Luke Skywalker is standing in the quarter box with a red lightsaber. And I'll nerd bitch about that a little more later on because they do it in the issue two. Build as, quote, the greatest space fantasy film of all time, end quote. The Star Wars logo is white letters with red highlights. Now, the main action is a hyper-intensive version of the Princess Leia jailbreak 
scene. Chewbacca is center stage and angry, while Luke and Han and Leia, they all flank him, blasting in all different directions as a stormtrooper meets his demise in the foreground. A small cover blurb states, Battle on the Death Star. Delvin, blaster sound effects followed by Jason with a Wookiee roar. Go! Nailed it. <laughs> I felt um, like I was in the cinema. Yeah, like Dolby Surround. That's right. That THX, man. <laughs> Good job, guys. We don't need no cool sound effects. We do it ourselves here. <laughs> yeah, we got Josie. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to some quick cover thoughts on this. Jason? Well, I think the cover had a great action sequence. There's lots of energy and tension with the four main heroes all on the cover. I like the foreground of the stormtroopers getting knocked over like 10 pins. It shows the violence and energy of the scene. I like the heroes in the background all in action poses. Chewie's throwing hands. Han, Luke, Leia blasting away. Luke wheeling the blaster in one hand and his lightsaber, even though it's the wrong color, in the other. And the tunnel setting really gives it a sense of claustrophobia and menace and really highlights the tension of the close in fighting. What did you think, Jared? Same. Delvin? <laughs> There's no way I can outdo what Jason just said. <laughs> I think he hit all the bases. <laughs> yeah, he did. I'll, I'll add that I did like the perspective of how the cover was drawn. Pat? I like the colors on this. I think it helps things pop out and stand out really well. And it, Jason's right. It does give you that kind of sense of claustrophobic. It's kind of closing in around them. I like this cover. It's a lot of action going on and takes me back to what was happening in the movie at this time. So, with that, let's go ahead and get to some cover ratings. The ratings for this issue are going to be a one through five as well. Five, you loved it. It choked out your insolent coworker. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it at all. Or one, you hated it. Tashi Station was all out of power converters. Or, or Darth Vader stole your coffee. Or it Millennium Falcon sucked. Bam. Oh, we'll get that one the next time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and get some cover ratings. Delvin. Good cover. I give it a three. For whatever reason, I wasn't a huge fan of the Chewy on the front of it, but not bad. It was good. Jared. It was too chewy. You couldn't swallow it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to agree with you, Delvin. I wanted to give this cover a four because it had a lot of cool action and perspective, but kind of like on the last cover it kind of jacked up Darth Vader a little bit Chewie just doesn't look quite right and again I understand Star Wars is new these artists are doing a little guesswork so I'm cutting some slack I'm not saying it's bad I'm just saying it's not where I want it to be yet so I'm going with a three Jason I'm gonna give it a four and I admit that four's a lot based off of nostalgia I agree with what both you said about the Chewie the Chewie and the wrong color lightsaber is what prevents it from being a five for me but I still really like this one bring us home Pat well, I'm going to make it a four as well, just for the nostalgia of it. I don't care what you guys say about Chewy. It's still Chewy to me. Did you calm down, Pat? Yeah. <laughs> I'll slash you with my red lightsaber, too. <laughs> I know you will. I know you will. So it's I not think it was... wise to upset a Samson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let the Samson win. <laughs> Let the Cristatos win. Pass the lightsaber to Pat. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're at a standstill here. We got three and a four. So you guys going to be on the light side of the force? Or the dark side. Or the dark side, because you guys are evil not giving it a four. Seems <laughs> <laughs> a little bit dumb. <laughs> are you threes or can you feel the power of the force? The force, yes. <laughs> Dig it. I thought that was funny. Nobody power else the fours. The power of the fours. I get it now. Yes, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to some synopsis on this issue brought to you by Jason. This is the story of Star Wars. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear R2-D2 beep like this. <whistles> let's begin now. 
time ago in a galaxy far, far away. All right. If you sit back, I won't keep you more than a half hour or so. Oh, wow. <laughs> The title of this one is Death Star, and this synopsis is for Delvin, and I'm pretty sure Delvin only. Issue 3 opens with Vader and Tarkin attempting to strong-arm the location of the rebel base from a tortured and exhausted Princess Leia. Although the princess has bravely resisted giving the fiends any information, she relents when her home planet of Alderaan is placed in the Death Star's crosshairs. Giving up the rebel base location to save her homeworld, Leia is horrified when Tarkin orders the planet destroyed anyway. Meanwhile, the Millennium Falcon arrives at Alderaan just too late, and our heroes are captured by a tractor beam and brought on board the massive space station. Using hidden smuggler compartments on board the Falcon to evade capture, our heroes overpower a couple of stormtroopers to infiltrate the Death Star. In another interlude, Tarkin and Vader discover that Princess Leia lied to them about the location of the Rebel base. Tarkin has had enough of this BS and orders her termination. Hiding away in a control room, R2-D2 calls up plans of the Death Star and identifies how to shut down the tractor beam. While Obi-Wan Kenobi mounts a solo, no pun intended, operation to disarm the tractor beam, Han, Luke, and Chewbacca mount a rescue operation to liberate the princess. Still disguised as stormtroopers and having Chewie pose as their prisoner, our three heroes overcome the prison guards and manage to free Leia. The alarm has been sounded, however, and our heroes find themselves trapped in the prison tunnel, fighting off waves of stormtroopers. How will our heroes escape? Will Obi-Wan Kenobi successfully shut down the tractor beam? Will Vader report to HR to respond to the bullying complaint for stealing other employees' coffee? (laughs) Apparently, only Delvin doesn't know the answer to these questions, and he will have to wait to find out next issue. I'm wondering about that coffee, too. Yeah, that is true. I don't know about the coffee, either. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> you guess who doesn't know? It's going to be a great surprise when Delvin finds out what happens on that one. <laughs> guys are poop heads. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to some brick or brack for this issue. Is it a first read or reread? Well, I think we've already figured this one out. <laughs> but we're going to ask just to go through the formality of it. Jason, reread. Pat, it's a reread for me, Pat. <laughs> first read. Jared, it's a reread. Hey. Reread. Rereading rainbow. No. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get to some highs, lows, and what does for this issue. Let's start with Jared. Okay, highs. Shaken has obviously gotten some more reference material. The art is much improved from the last one, although I still like that weird stylized look, although I think he was rushed in the first one, issue one. On issue three, he is really hitting his stride. There's some pretty good shots of Han, Chewie. The Stormtrooper gear is really good, and as a guy who draws comics, let me tell you, drawing like that kind of armor and robotic stuff is a pain in the butt, and Shaken is doing really well. So I think the art is improving immensely over what we saw in issue one. And I still kind of like issue one. So that's my first high. I pass it to Pat. I'm going to agree with you on the art. I thought the art is definitely looking very good as well. Like you said, the character spot on. Eh, no, but I really, really enjoy it. Just the, the references that they use and from the scenes that are being done, I can re-picture the movie in my mind as I was going through reading this issue. Delvin, high or 
or, or what the? So I'll say hi. I was a fan of the action throughout the book from mm-hmm. the start all the way until the finish. The pages kept turning because there was enough action to keep them turning. That plus artwork made it a pretty uh, easy and fun read for me. Jason. You guys hit on a lot of good stuff, but you overlooked the obvious, and that's Tarkin's pants. Tarkin's pants are awesome. They're flash pants. You got to like those oh. flash pants. <laughs> got them riding crops. Let's go back up to the top and do Jared one more time. All right. I promised it earlier. I got to bring this in as a low on the cover, on the alternate cover, on the corner box, and in the issue, Luke wields a red lightsaber. Delvin, I'm going to ask you, honestly, not trying to make fun of you or anything. Does that mean anything to you? Well, it's going to mean something because you guys keep saying it, but is his lightsaber normally blue? In the movie, it is blue. When you become a Jedi, you get to make your own lightsaber and it will be green. So why is red such a faux pas? Is it because that's normally a reserve for the bad guys or the Sith? Nailed it. The red lightsaber is the color of the Sith. Uh, I throw that out there and it bugger booed me a little bit, but then again, you have to travel back to 77. I don't even know if that part of lore had been made yet. You know, back then it was probably just lightsabers, a lightsabers, a lightsaber, and that whole red is the color of the Sith probably didn't even show up until the 80s or something like that. So I'll cut it that slack. But, you know, as a Star Wars nerd, it was just enough to go, eh, I don't like that, but eh, they were finding their way. So I'm not seriously upset about it. I'm going to pass the lightsaber to Pat. All right. No, watch out. Watch out. Yeah, don't put it in it's your mouth. A trick. I'm going <laughs> to. It's got a vape pen. <laughs> you know, it does make, I think it would make a good vape. <laughs> you say that for the flash. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know if this is a good thing or a bad thing or what the, I, I, I'm kind of thinking it's all three. How much Vader talks in this one? Is he chatty again? He's a little chatty in this one that from watching the movie, I don't remember him saying a lot of kind of different things that he says. Especially there's a part where when they capture the Millennium Falcon comes in and he goes, you know. But in the meantime, I've received a report that we have captured the same Corinthian freighter, which has blasted its way out of the quadrant <laughs> of Mos Eisley. And Darth exposition. <laughs> Nailed it. Deep thoughts with Darth. <laughs> They have been trying to return the stolen data tapes to the previous. <laughs> you know, I'm going to flip your what the or your high or low there on its ear a little bit, too, and just push a little farther and say the vast majority of the dialogue, though, in this issue is from the movie. Oh, so yeah. unlike issue one, we don't get anything terribly fresh. It's just kind of paint by numbers. So that yeah. part made me feel a little deflated. It's not my turn, but like you're saying, they bump up Vader a little bit, but everybody else is almost spot on. Yeah. Roy yeah. Thomas Ryder. <laughs> Whatever. He cribbed that right out of the script. I'm kidding. Roy Thomas is a legend. He did a very good job with this. When you go back and you watch the movie and then you look to see, you know, this part and that part, I think it was done very well. This is a very good adaptation of the movie. Yes. Is it the adaptation of the script or maybe like the first cut, something like that? You know, that'd be interesting to find out. Delvin, high, low, or what the? I'll go with a what the in that. Yes, I know enough about Star Wars lore and have seen enough memes and jokes to know that Alderaan was going to get blown up but the way that it was depicted in the book was definitely shocking like mm-hmm. okay you gave us what we wanted but eh, that's a little nothing thing we're already here let's just blow up this planet wow it's a billion lives dude just you're that cold-blooded that was a what the to 
me. I mean, there's bad, you know, there's evil, and then there's genocide. You know, out a billion people, a whole world. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole entire planet to where um, Obi-Wan, or they keep calling him Ben Kenobi, was just saying, I've since a whole bunch of lives just got snuffed out. Like, dang. So yeah, that's my what the. It's a little different wordplay where he said ebbing, but instead of I sense a disturbance in the force. Sorry. No, no, he's talking about in the book. It, oh, it's different yeah. from the movie. Yeah. Okay. I gotta tell you, I, I'm a little giddy about it's like rookie agents to me. Getting Delvin's sort of excitement and passion for that scene, like we're all a little numb to it because we've seen yeah, it seen so many times. times. Yeah. But Delvin's right. It's like you blew up a whole planet basically because you were there. Yeah. That's yeah. Jack. Oh, just another day on the Death Star. And also, you guys are numb the genocide, you monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking monsters. That's what you guys are. We are terrible people. <laughs> Jason, you got a high, low, or what the? Well, this kind of ties into what you guys have been talking about a little bit with these scenes. And I don't know, I guess Jared and Pat just ask you, I kind of had trouble reading the comic because I'd seen the movie so many times. And as I'm reading the panels, I know what they're supposed to say. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, wait, that's not what he said, you know, or what is this right here? <laughs> that's really weird. Kind of order, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I'm trying to let you like the movie's playing out in my head and it's not lining mm-hmm. up with the comic book. So it's not really a high look or what the, it's just kind of a unique challenge that I've experienced trying to read these comics. Yeah. It's like we were saying before, it's really close. It's really close to the movie, but it's just far enough for those of us who have practically memorized it. It's just, just a little jarring. Yeah. It's weird. But I kind of like it though, you know, cause I'm like, I'm seeing something a little different now again. And it's been quite a while since I've read these issues. Uh, you know, it's kind of new again and get that feeling that, man, I want to watch these movies again. Oh, they're no fine doubt. Films, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're great films. And the comic's great, too. It's, it's just something I didn't really expect. It's as you're reading through it, you're envisioning the scene and you're hearing that dialogue in your head and it's like you're listening to a record player or, you know, like a book on tape and it's not lining up with what's actually on the page. It's a little bit, it's just been a little bit of a challenge for me. All right, well, let's go ahead and get back to the top. And Jerry, you got another high, low, or what the? I just want to bring up one more thing on the art man the page where you see the death star is like full page yes yes the millennium falcon yes great scale yeah great inset panels with the discussion that's happening that is a fantastic page yeah i would really like to have that i was just to see that size and the menace of that death star i thought it was a moon that's no moon the moon it's coming for us (laughs) that's a space station oh yeah it's too big to be a space station (laughs) Turn the ship around. <laughs> Just you're gonna need to go. He's gonna keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The bad mine. I, 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 I think so. you're right. Why are we still moving towards it? <laughs> oh, we gotta move on. All right. Well, let's go ahead and find out who has the force in this issue jared man the force is pretty well spread around in this issue you know i'm going to give it to our boy chewbacca chewbacca doesn't get a lot of focus and love throughout the series and this issue felt very chewbacca centric well maybe not centric but chewbacca heavy heavier than most he's front and center on the cover he gets a lot of action in the book chewbacca what say you jason i'm gonna give my love to princess leia i think that she absolutely refuses to break under torture under duress she lies about the location when they blow up her planet anyway instead of curling up into a little ball and crying herself into oblivion which is probably what i would do if all my family had been killed and my whole people wiped out she gets up on her feet grabs a blaster and joins the fray so i'm giving it to princess leia 
What about you, Delvin? I agree with Jared in that there were a lot of heroes in the book. I looked at the hero that seemed to be the one that advanced the action the most through the book and came up with Han Solo. That would be mine too as well. Yeah. You're the fast track to Jason's heart. He's a big Han Solo guy. Oh, I love Han Solo. You know that. He had a big part in this issue. Yeah, he was definitely in the mix every single time. So on my reread of the book, just to make sure that I had all the characters and stuff down, I was like, yep. Han's going to be my guy. Wow, you actually read it twice? Yeah, I read it twice. I wanted to make sure that I had some pertinent stuff to say. You just made Pat's day, man. Oh, man, (laughs) Delvin. Get him in his feels. (laughs) You got the force, Delvin. You got the force. (laughs) I think at this point that Major William Space Force needs a vest. He needs to be vested like Han Solo is. Mm. Oh, yeah, I can see Delvin in that. Delvin needs a rocket vest. I get a vest? Mm-hmm. Or, I like this. I like this. Tell me more. Yeah, with the little symbol on it and Space Force symbol. He's <laughs> got his Han Solo swagger, his little vest on. Saving people. Pew. Uh-huh. Pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. That's pew, awesome. Pew. Well, speaking about saving people, let's go ahead and find out what our ratings are for this issue. It's going to be a one through five. Five is you loved it. It choked out your insolent co-worker. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it at all. And one, it Millennium Falcon sucked. Yeah. Let's find out what Delvin rates this issue. I'll give it a four. I did like it, and I thought it was a fun book, and it left on a good cliffhanger. Jason? Five. Five all day for me. I'm not even even (laughs) going to try to explain it, justify it, or anything. It's just a five. Jared? I Before I reveal my score, I have to ask a follow-up question from two episodes ago. Delvin, did you steal coffee from a coworker? Because we gave you that assignment. Mm, yes. Do you want me to tell the truth, or do you want me to lie and uh, make up a story? Spice it up. <laughs> See, I choked him out with these silver hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So, yeah, I was in a Darth meeting. Web. I was in a meeting. My boss went like three or four minutes over time on the meeting, and so I went up and I took her coffee. <laughs> you still work there? Or? I did because it was such a gutsy move. They're considering giving me a promotion now. Nice. Did you maintain eye contact the whole way? <laughs> I mean, there isn't really another way to do this. And then you like skip That's it right. right in their face. That's right. You're gonna keep me three minutes over. I'm gonna need something to stay away. Yes. And you like. Then you look at them and say, this coffee is cold. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw it in their face. <laughs> Just drop it. <laughs> Clean <I'm out>. it up. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad we cleared that up. The answer is, it's a four for me. I'm Camp with Delvin. Oh. I like it, but I, I am much more excited about original content. Okay. Like I said, I've seen this a million times, so I'm like, yeah, okay, I got it. I mean, it's still great, but mm-hmm. I'm, ready, I'm ready for original content, but it's a solid four, man. It's Star Wars. Star Wars. It's Star Wars. That's my lightsaber. I think that leaves Pat. Make room again for me, Jason. Come on. I'm giving it a five. Take this seat on the Millennium Falcon and let's blast off to adventure. I'm your co-pilot. You guys came in that? We're not. We're in a snow speeder. She may not look like much, kid, but she'll make 0.5 past light speed. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, I made a few special modifications myself. That brings us to the end (laughs) of this part of the show. Got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on Twitter or the Facebook page. We'll be right back.
Xenozoic Xenophiles. A fan podcast devoted to the comic series Xenozoic Tales. It's a post-apocalyptic adventure series filled with Cadillacs and dinosaurs. I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. Please join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in this excellent comic series from writer and artist Mark Schultz. Special episodes feature interviews with Mark Schultz himself discussing Xenozoic Tales and his other comics. Listen at Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit XenozoicXenophiles.com. Xenozoic Xenophiles is part of the Rad Adventures Network at RadAdventuresNetwork.com. Welcome back from the break. Now, let's get to the feedback part of the show, where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We're thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that are now entered into our quarterly drawings to win free swag that may include, but is not limited to, comic art, prints, comics, sometimes autographed by creators, trading cards, action figures, appearances on a long box show, lunch boxes, DVDs, CDs, and a list just goes on and on. They also enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, Rocket Racer, no, yardandgoartist.bigcartel.com, <laughs> and early access to special long box episodes. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Thank you for being a friend. Blast of the Bomb Buster, David Collins, Gene Hendricks, Ivan the Collector, Ivor Evans, Joe Thomas, Maxwell Traver, Mr. Lobotomy, Ronald Wentz, Ross Michaud, Samantha Maney, Steve Cronin, Tim, and Toronto Cop. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? How do I become a Crusaders Club member? You all told me I couldn't be a Crusaders Club member. (laughs) Well, uh, we're going to let you know, Jason. It's simple. Just head over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around? But still want to help us out here at Longbox Crusade headquarters? You can't. Man. We're like J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with just our ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show and we will share your review on the next show. Now we will move on to social media, likes, shares, and retweets. We're talking about episode 26, which Pat was very excited about. April 1977, which I was very excited about. And we <laughs> talked about Amazing Spider-Man 170 and Star Wars. Woo! Well, I'll kick this list off with Aaron Head Moss. Yo, Joe. At name, at name. I'm Divine. One of our favorite professors. We have Ellen Middleton. He's in the top two. Alec Edward Taylor. Alexander. Andy Taylor Augustus. Angelique Elman Madeira. Anthony Klausowski. Austin Kuykendall. Benjamin Reese. Bill Bear. Bill Jordan. C. Isabel Brain. Charlie Niemeyer. 
and everybody's favorite, Chris at BTOM Bat Books. Let it Coffee and comics. Comic reflections. Cristiano de Obaros. Dean Miller. Deborah Smith. Hey, Mom. Ed Ananuevo. Eric Ward. Fabio Oliveira. Felipe Barreto. I'm in the danger zone here. I got fucking tease, y'all. Fucking tease. <laughs> Love it. Gene Armstrong. Gene Hendricks. Jeffrey Ranger. Green Lantern HG. Gulliver Foyle. Hal Jordan. Ivan Chudley. James Charles Huntley. Jeffrey Brown. Jeffrey Fonzo. Jeremy Spalding. John D. Cole. John and Maggie are talking transformers. Jonathan Obst. Jonathan Schaefer Hames. He's nobody did. Mm-hmm. 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 Kelly Sherman Brown, Ken Barr Jr., Ken Solo. Well, everybody, get on the floor. Open the door. Everybody, King Dinosaur. Our friend Laurel, Old Mountain Flower One herself. Licarto Seven. Lauren Skinkus Art. Luis Santos. Manuel Merlo Garcia. Mark Wilman. Mark Holcomb. Max Trevor. Michael K. Rabone. Nicholas Prom. Patrick R. Carey. Paul from Back to the Bins. Philip. Oh, it might be OH, but I'm still going, oh, oh, oh. Ranger Gord. Raphael Shelton. Reggie Hancock. Reggie Reggie. Rick Heineken. Robert Castillo. Robert Charles. Robert Kennedy. Thank you, Senator. Robert Myers. Ross Michaud. Daredevil. Kingman. Know who you are. Ruth Sutherland. We don't take him monthly. We don't take him weekly. We take him Ryan Daly. Scott Berry. Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast. Hey, have you guys told you that? That I've gotten a handsome teacher. Tim Hansen. Yeah. Yes. yes, and we yes. believe you. Imagine it, yes. Tim Price, come on down. You're the next contestant on Crusader Chronicles. Bo Comics. Pat, I'm going to let you take this one. Well, we have Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack, because ain't no power like the Power Pack, the Power Pack, the Power Pack, Power Can't Stop. Vladnon Drachmos. Walt J.B. Mitty. And last, but certainly not least, Warlord Worlds. Man, that list is getting long. (laughs) (laughs) I made it tight. My goodness. That's awesome. More listeners, we will keep reading them because that is freaking awesome. Thanks, everybody. We will move on to social media comments from Ryan Daly. It says, I'm not saying that Weasel Skull has ruined Mary Jane Watson for me, but when I see her in other comics or animation, I hear this podcast version of her voice and it's distressing. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, what you talking about? (laughs) Ryan, (laughs) you don't like my voice. All right, I'm going to take the next one from our friend Green Lantern HG and GLHG says, great episode, guys. I hate Faust. He was a pain in the butt. Glad they got rid of him. Or did they? Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think maybe they didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see some more pipe smoke in my... 
<laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I am going to grab one from, I believe, first-time commenter John M. Wilson, and he says, nice, with three eyes. I've podcasted about some of those Star Wars issues on the Star Wars Saga cast. I'll be looking forward to hearing what y'all have to say. Well, I hope you enjoyed it, man. And uh, I guess we got a Star Wars saga cast out there that might be worth listening to if you're a Star Wars fan. We might have a couple of those. Yeah, we got a couple here on the show. So We're working on Delvin, so we'll have one more by the end of this. Well, thanks for writing in, John M. Wilson. And since we asked some people to uh, send hashtags since uh, we covered my birth month, April 77, and even the birthday, how'd that work out? We had a couple of uh, well wishes from uh, Tim Price, Coffee and Comics, and also Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack. They all were nice and uh, wished me a uh, happy uh, podcast birthday. So thanks, gentlemen. Cool. I'm going to grab one bonus one just because it's a first time person writing in. It's Charles Clark. I believe that's a first timer. Charles simply said, I had that issue, number one of Star Wars, when it first came out as a youngster. So Charles Clark is at least as old as Jason. (laughs) That's right. Represent, Charles. Represent. (laughs) But yeah, I want to squeeze that one in as a first time comment, I do believe, and we appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for writing in. We appreciate it. Thanks to everyone for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's going to be the show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com, where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to give a big thanks to Jared, Jason, Delvin for joining me on this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Delvin? You can find me at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. And even though be mentioned, I'm usually the person uh, at the sticks on the Instagram account as well. So if anybody responds to that, I'll be the one most likely saying something. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook or Instagram. Jared. I am at Yard Sale Artist on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You could possibly find me having McDonald's breakfast on any given morning. Pat. Well, you can find me on the Twitter or Instagram at Christatos01, and I will be stealing some coffees to meet Jared for some <laughs> breakfast panels. My coffee always mysteriously disappears at breakfast. It's all coming together now. <laughs> Pulling that Vader move on you. <laughs> Don't be a Vader hater. <laughs> so, if you want to hear more from us on our truck through all James Bond films, check out On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? Well, it's Max Zorin sitting in for Jared tonight. Oh, hey, Happiest Max. on your podcast. Delvin, I want to hear it out of you. It's a perfectly good impression. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to stop it. I'm not even going to try anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can find it on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcasters. Check us out at www.secretpodcast.podbean.com or hit us up on Twitter at OHMSPod. I am on those sticks, as Delvin would say. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered in to win some additional free stuff on our live raffles, join us for our next episode of Doing It Livestream over on the YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications of when we go live. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or question? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. So, until next time, take care and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the Crusade 2. Read the ball! Where they
Intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J O S E F L I N 99. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Here's the thing. Shut up. I started listening to. Um... To turn the crap action film video game. I can't remember which podcast <laughs> <laughs> video game face off of films. <laughs> Let me run the test real quick. Yes, please. Yes, please. One, two, three. Okay, then. A, B, C, D's nuts. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Oh, sweet home. Yeah, that's a great song. That was my big leadership moment. <laughs> there you go. It all went downhill from there. <laughs> and Jason wrote his diary that today was a good, good day. Today's the day they stopped laughing at me. Stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh every time I hear I probably listened to the episode four times. I'm like, he cracked me up. I thought I did two already. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. Two. I've done two. Pat's just in hog heaven. (laughs) (laughs) I got to make up some more stuff, man. (laughs) We'd be five rounds in. It's like, dude, there's nothing else to discuss. One more round. round. (laughs) Panel by panel. What did you think of this panel? Hi, low. Panel three. Hi, low. What the? Panel four. (laughs) Felipe Barrito. Toretto. Toretto. <laughs> Hungry. Stop this so don't get to bed. And we do know who Ruth Sutherland Ruth Sutherland is. <laughs>
<laughs> you sound like Snagglepuss. <laughs> Exit stage left, even. Heaven to the Megatroid. 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 If you want to hear us all on one, the one stick, you can find us on the inner. Wait, wait. Inter- no, I'm not putting that. In. <laughs> <laughs> you want to put your hands on our sticks? <laughs> We're not all getting on one stick. Uh, there's a lot of money involved there. <laughs> That's at least a five dollar Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a guarantee for a year or two. <laughs> This is either one of the best episodes we've done, or this is a complete train wreck. I'm we throw sure it in the can, we bring it back in a year and a half as a lost episode. People love it. People will adore it.